Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and through His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Celebration of self. You see it much today. Bat flips when a home run is smashed. Wild celebrations when a division title is won. End zone dances when a touchdown is scored. Flexing and posing when a tackle of loss is made, only to give up more yards the next play. Facebook posts, Twitter tweets, Instagram selfies shine the spotlight on personal achievements. A person's name in the news or emblazoned on a skyscraper. The list goes on and on and has throughout all of history. We all love a good celebration. But there is still that part of you inside that cries out in the face of such self-aggrandizement. Act like you have been here before. Or at least remain humble because... You never know what the next time will bring. Today's gospel text, our Lord is heard speaking various words of wisdom to His dear and beloved disciples. He has cautioned them against being the reason for a fellow Christian to stumble and fall in the faith. Jesus told His disciples that faith in Him is power to do the unthinkable, that size of a mustard seed as we know it so well. And then he teaches them about being servants. The master of the servant is not treating the servant harshly or unfairly, having him do appropriate tasks. Even when that servant has been laboring all day long out in the fields, it is not unreasonable for the master to expect that same servant still to prepare the meal for him. That is his job, after all, to serve. And on top of that, the master of the servant does not even offer a simple word of thanks to his servants. You and I are heavily taught to say please and thank you without fail. Not so. This master... But the reason for this is not to show a master's ungrateful attitude. Rather, our Lord Jesus reveals what is to be the nature of the servant. A humble servant never looks for accolades or celebration. He or she knows exactly what they have signed on for. They know what their job includes. Any request that comes in from the master, that master, that is their task to complete and fulfill. Such is to be the attitude of Christ's followers of you and me, especially as we see for his closest disciples. So you also, Jesus said, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done. What was our duty? Now, you as Christians certainly have your tasks 
to do. They fall within your vocations as father and mother, son and daughter, brother or sister, grandparent, friend, neighbor, counselor, confidant, supporter, encourager, reconciler, mediator, peacemaker, and on the list goes. As Christ's followers, though, you do not serve others for recognition, for awards, for popularity, or even your own enjoyment or satisfaction. You do all of these things and even more because they are your duty. That is how our attitudes should most certainly be. But that Jesus, our Lord, has to teach such things is a reminder that we do not succeed in being what we should be. We are unworthy servants. There is nothing glamorous in that. Servants must heed their master's bidding. But being a servant is humbling enough, but recognizing that in addition to that, we are unworthy as well is the greater challenge. The Greek word here for unworthy is achreoi. Worse than unworthy, this word also means useless and worthless. Well, such hardly seems to be the case when we are busy fulfilling so many different tasks in our vocations, as said before and truly. Your works for your neighbor are not without their merits without their value. Your neighbor certainly needs the good that you do, just as you need the good works that they do. But as Christians, as God's people, our works are never to be a source of pride for you and for me. While of utmost importance for your neighbor Your good works are of no value or merit to God, especially when it comes to your own righteousness, your salvation. Because we are sinners to the core, deep down inside, everything that we touch is sinful. Everything we think, we say, and we do is laced with that sinfulness. It is our nature to sin Ever since the fall, we confess. And so when it comes to eternal life and salvation, you and I are 100% worthless and useless. And when it came down to it, our Lord Jesus was alone. In the work of salvation, His disciples played no part in our justification. They helped Him none in going and staying on the cross. They helped him none in rising up again from the dead in pleading our behalf before God. But Jesus alone bore the sins of the world. Jesus alone bore the full wrath of our sin before God the Father. No one else died for you. No one else rose up from the grave for you. And so as St. Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 10.17, let one who boasts Boast in the Lord. As a reminder of our own unworthiness, of our uselessness, we turn back to those disciples of Jesus. 
They get told by our Lord Jesus that they are not to cause any other Christian to falter in the Christian faith. Pay attention to yourselves, Jesus says, self-reflection and meditation upon our own condition. Also then, if your brother or your sister in Christ sins against you, rebuke him or her. If they repent, forgive them. And even if it is seven times in one day against you, when they say, I repent, forgive them. You must do so, Jesus says, as His follower. Yet you and I have our limits. We have our boundaries. And the disciples of Jesus wrestled with this. Forgiveness is truly great, but it can take its toll upon us. Forgiveness means letting go of what you owe someone for what the wrong is they committed against you. It is a sacrifice in that way. And we certainly do not wish to look for those situations where we are sinned against. But at the same time, you and I are called to forgive every single time. Increase our faith. Or as the Greek plainly has it, add to us faith. In and of ourselves, we cannot do what the Lord Jesus expects of us. God's expectations for us shatter our limits. They leave us cringing at our own attempts at righteousness. Lord, give us faith. We have nothing to offer our Lord in exchange for our sins. You and I cannot please God with the brokenness of our own gifts. Beloved Martin Luther grew to know this all too well, so much so that it drove him to the depths of despair. Deeper and darker he went as he realized that even his greatest human works of piety and of love were driven by selfish motivation. He could not purge his heart of his own desire. The reality remained for Luther as it does for you and for me as a sinner. The God of my heart is still me. And as a false God, you and I cannot offer the true God anything that is pleasing. Only one who is pure and faithful and true can rightly please God. And that alone is our Lord Jesus. That is why He has come into this world, taken all of our flesh upon Himself, was made man for us. Jesus, true God and true man, lived life perfectly, just as God had expected it, and expected it from the very beginning, in every person, from Adam and Eve on. Jesus, then, that perfect human being, offered Himself as the holy sacrifice in your stead and in mine. God the Father demands our perfection. He requires you and me to be righteous if we want to live with Him forever in His great kingdom. But such righteousness can never come from you. 
It cannot come from inside, from within you. It is extra nos. That is, it is from outside of you. And it is given to you, placed upon you, into you, by faith alone. The disciples of Jesus were truly spot on in their petition to Jesus, add to us faith. This is what Luther finally came to discover, as was plainly written in the Scriptures. It has been this way from the very beginning. Righteousness is not from within. Righteousness is a gift. Abraham believed, and it was credited to him as righteousness. The same is true for all the saints who have ever gone before us as well. And Luther did once again find this truth from Romans chapter 117, where St. Paul is quoting from our Old Testament reading for today, from Habakkuk chapter 2. The righteous shall live by his faith. Apart from faith, Habakkuk states our souls are puffed up. We are not upright. Our works, our nature, do not make us righteous, but faith alone in Jesus does. Faith in God's gift to you, given in simple means of holy baptism, maintained and strengthened up in you through Word and through the Lord's Supper. And that, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, that is reason to celebrate. That is reason for great boasting in the Lord Jesus only, who by faith in Him alone has made you righteous in God's sight. Thanks be to God now and forevermore. Amen. The peace that does pass all human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.